0: Down Los Angeles. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, An Rams, part of the Locked A. On Podcast A. Network. A. A. Team A. A. Ever. Uh, yeah. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. So the wednesday edition of lockdown rams we're really excited we typically have jake Ellen Bogan from downtown rams with us but we're keeping in tradition and we've got a new guest on the show from downtown rams so i want to welcome in blaine greaschak how are you doing blaine
1: doing great you know jake has been binging game of thrones so that, that's priority number one for him um right now so uh yeah no I, i'm excited i'm excited to, to join the show and um and excited for tonight
0: yeah, I was texting him earlier and he was like, hey, you know, I'm going to have Blaine come on. And and I was like, all right, cool. That's awesome. Can't wait for that conversation. He's like, I really we should talk, though, because I got a lot of Game of Thrones stuff to get out. And then he texts me like all these <laughs> Game of Thrones things. And I'm like, where are you at, man? And he's getting caught up on season seven right now. I'm like, how are yep. you avoiding all the spoilers? Because right now online, if you're not into Game of Thrones, or if you're in Game of Thrones, it, they're everywhere right now, oh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you just have to be hidden online, which is really tough these days, but uh, I'm caught up. We got one episode to go, so you know maybe that he, he's talking about doing a halftime show that he does and maybe jumping on there and talking a little bit, but we're glad to have you on. Guys, make sure to go give him a follow at BX GreaseCheck1993, and that's G-R-I-S-A-K for the last name. You can also find me at LA underscore RamblingBear. You can also find the show at Lockdown Rams. And obviously, Blaine is out there covering for Downtown Rams. So, at Downtown Rams and downtownrams.com. You're putting up tons of articles. I got to say, I- I've been kind of following along, obviously, being in touch uh, with Jake and the Downtown Network. So, uh, great stuff coming out. And I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit. You know, obviously, we've been talking to Jake so much, and then we've had Alexis on the show. So, we understand where they're sitting with everything. So I'd like to just kind of throw it to you and, and give us a feel of, you know, Super Bowl ended. That roster was the last time we saw those guys in the field. We've seen a lot of people leave. We've seen a lot of newcomers through free agency now that dra- and the draft is over. What's your overall feel of how the Rams did this offseason, you know, coming into this upcoming season?
1: Um, you know, I, I, I like what they did. You know, this, this is a team that they... They made the super bowl they, they didn't have to make any big moves like they did last year i mean last year they they lost in the first round disappointingly to to the falcons and at, at home nonetheless so that was disappointing and they needed to make some moves to sort of get over the top and and and, and so they, they, they did that and then this year I, I don't think they really needed to do needed to do that they they know how good they are they know the core they, ha- they have is good enough to to win and so now it's just about Getting those supporting pieces, and I feel like that's exactly what they did. Um, getting a guy like Eric Weddle to play next to John Johnson, big move. Um, signing Clay Matthews late—that's um, a, that's a veteran guy that you know can 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 step in and then fill in, add an edge role that is kind of thin right now. So, you know, they didn't make any any splashes per se, and maybe and maybe that's just disappointing for some fans. But they didn't really need to make that big splashy move to get get where they want to be because they're they're right on the cusp and. As they get more experience, as Jared Goff develops more, as he builds a connection with Brandon Cooks on the outside and, and Sean McVay gets more experience as a head coach in the NFL, this team's going to be very good for for, for a while. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was very pleased with what they did.
0: So you mentioned Clay Matthews there. I want to give him a shout-out because I think I saw it was his birthday today. So happy birthday, Clay yeah. Matthews, another tourist in the house. I just had my birthday over the weekend and, and flew out to Chicago. This is actually the first podcast. Of the week. So, thank you guys for jumping in and joining us here. Just got back into town late last night from Chicago. Sat in the tarmac for about an hour and a half, landed and then waited for an Uber for about 30 minutes. Got home at like one o'clock last night. Uh, Finally, getting caught up, getting back on the mic to talk with everyone out here and the Lockdown Podcast land. Don't forget you can find our podcast on the new streaming app, Himalaya. If you haven't checked it out, download it. Uh, check out all the shows on Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got a new Dodger, Lockdown Dodgers. It's really awesome. Obviously, the Lakers, uh, they just released a, the draft lottery. The Lakers got the number four pick. So check in to Anthony over at Lockdown Lakers, hear what they got to say about where they landed with that and who they're potentially going to go after. So lots of stuff here on Lockdown podcast network go check it out you can also find us on spotify itunes google podcast but getting back to clay matthews you talked about you know edge seemed to be a big concern for us obviously we re dante fowler gave him a ton of money uh for a one-year deal Almost like a franchise deal without having to do the franchise deal. So we're giving him the big money, trying to get him to see if, you know, he's worth going long term there. And, you know, addition of Clay Matthews, what would you consider a success as far as Clay goes this year? And maybe let's just look at a sack number. Like, where do you see him being like, if you looked at numbers at the end of the season, you'd be like, man, that's exactly what we needed out of him. What do you think he can do production wise?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because Clay Matthews—he's definitely out of his prime. He's not—he's not the Clay Matthews of old, that's for sure. Um, I think, Jesus, Jesus, that—that's
0: that, that, tough. Um, <laughs> I know. I'll put you in a corner, man. Got to come out swinging at me. I,
1: I think if you can get five sacks out of him, I think that's that's a success. I mean, last year, last year he only had three and a half. Um, year before that, he had seven and a half. Um, so I think if you can get somewhere in between at around five, I, that that beats what. They got out of out of the position last year, out of out of Samson Ebucom, and uh, even even Fowler late. They they, they just they didn't have, they didn't have a lot of production there on the outside um, at that edge. And so I, th- I think if Clay Matthews can can at least if he can get you five sacks, but but make offenses respect him enough to open up things inside for you know, the, the Aaron Donalds and and, and Michael Brockers um, up front. I, I, I think that, that that would be a success for, for the Clay Matthews signing.
0: Yeah, I definitely think a lot of what he does well, and if he can get continue to get back to it, is just being a disruptor. And like you said, forcing a quarterback out of the pocket, even if it doesn't go down in his stat category, but just kind of being somebody back in his day was just like, I need to know where this guy is. And obviously we've got plenty of those guys with Aaron Donald, especially being up front. Uh, so to kind of, also keep a quarterback understanding that there's also a guy coming from the outside and he does so great with just moving all around. He starts outside, he'll get pushed to the ground and next thing you know, he's coming up the middle and making a play. So um, if we can just get back to where he had that high motor uh, and being impact, even when it's not in the stat category, but I'm, I'm a little bit higher from where you're at, but I'm not too far off. I think a six to eight sack mark for me would be just, ecstatic for the price we got you talked about the late signing in free agency and you know all the big guys start going out day one and two and these massive contracts and the Rams just didn't have that money so they sat back and they waited for a couple key veterans you know Eric Weddle obviously uh, and Clay Matthews so really excited to see what they can do but uh, we will need some production because you mentioned coming off that edge we didn't get a lot uh, and it was all on Aaron Donald and we can't expect can't expect you know 20 and a half sacks I mean we'd like to see it again and him put another MVP year but obviously I think we can expect double digit sacks from the guy but you know getting up to 20 again would be amazing in back to back seasons and obviously he's working hard in the offseason to do that again but uh, we'll see how that kind of goes but what I want to do is uh, look at the time here we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break we're going to be back on the other side Lockdown Rams Wednesday Baron Blaine right after this all right, Rams Nation, we are back. We've got Blaine from Downtown Rams. If you haven't checked out any of the pieces he's done, head to downtownrams.com. Check him out. Um, I want to talk to you about that rookie class. We touched on it earlier in the first segment and kind of the additions. We focused a little bit in the free agency. So I want to talk about that rookie class. Um, you know, Jake originally had about a C grade. And then after he went back, watched some tape, it kind of bumped up to a B and a half. Uh, are you or B minus? Are you kind of on that trend or do you think the Rams did a little bit better um, from talking to Jake? How do you feel about the draft class and who stands out to you?
1: Yeah, so I, I I think I'm I'm with Jake on, on this. I, I started out very down on it. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I I, I love Taylor Rapp. I, I I did like Rapp more than more than Jake did. I I think he's going to be a great signing or, or a, gr- a great selection. Sorry, and then. Um, I was absolutely ecstatic when they signed Darrell, or not, not signed, drafted, uh, Darrell Henderson. I've been on Darrell Henderson as my running back one since February. I uh, loved him better than, than Josh Jacobs. In fact, like honestly, I, I would have drafted Darrell Henderson in the, in the in the first round and Josh Jacobs in the third. I, I absolutely love what, the, what this guy can bring to the table. He's very Jamal Charles-esque, can bring what Alvin Kamara can bring. I think he's bringing another dimension to this Rams offense and give Sean McVay another weapon to utilize. And then after that, you know th- 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 this goes back to you know what I was saying earlier with, with 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 free agency the Rams aren't looking for that splashy move they aren't looking for they, they don't need a guy to come in and start right away they they, they have those guys they have Marcus Peters and the key ple on the outside they have Brandon Cooks and Cooper cup and and and, and Robert woods they, they they have their core is set they they, they don't need guys to, to come in and, and, and play an immediate role like they needed to back in you know the Jeff Fisher days the Steve Spagnolo days they don't need those guys so I mean last year they, they draft guys like Noteboom that can sit behind and, and develop for a year and, and he'll be ready to go this year and they, they kind of stuck to that theme this year and I, and I and I love that a lot of rookies are expected to start from day one and if you can give them the luxury of learning from the coaches and, and learning from a guy like Marcus Peters or Keith Fleeve I, th- I think that's very beneficial and with David Long you get a guy that's probably going to be the fourth cornerback on the roster. But when Akib Tlaib leaves, most likely after after this season, you have a guy like David Long that can potentially step into that second cornerback role ne- next year. Bobby Evans and David Edwards, same thing. You have Andrew Whitworth that, that might retire after this year. Those are two guys that can potentially step in and and maybe 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 be the left tackle of the future, maybe not. But you have these guys that can develop, develop and at the very least give your team depth. And deep teams win the Super Bowl. Um, Greg Gaines, he might he might be honestly outside of Henderson the only rookie that gets gets a major playing time as a rookie. Um, the Rams are definitely I think moving to a more traditional three four, and he's a space eater on the inside. He he'll he will eat up double teams for Aaron Donald and open things up up there. And then that that's fantastic news for Rams fans. Um, and then I mean you, you get special teams guys in like Nick Scott and Dakota Allen late and really in the seventh round, that's all you can really expect. So I honestly, like I'd probably go a, like, like, a, like a, I think a B grade is fair. I, I think they, they overdrafted some guys and probably could have, I, I liked Amani Arouye from Penn state. I, I would have liked if they would would have taken him instead of David long, but, we, but we'll see. We don't know what these players are going to be. And if long ends up being very good, then who might I to say they made the wrong decision?
0: Yeah. And you always go back to, you know, just, Liking the guy that you get. You could tell that Les Snead, Sean McVay, and all of their position coach seemed really excited coming out of this draft that guys that they wanted, were they were able to trade back or trade up to go get them. Obviously, a guy like Henderson, and even talk about Long, just seeing how excited Aubrey Pleasant was to to get him and add him to the room uh, post-draft it was just like he was lighting up thinking that you know they got this great steal in the draft and they got it while moving backwards and and it was just kind of fun to see them get so excited and you kind of hope that at this point you can trust the process of what they're doing Uh, you, you know you talked about how they rebuild it after that playoff loss to Atlanta and then you know obviously getting the Super Bowl last year that they don't need to do too much crazy stuff they just need to add and fill in some pieces they got some really great special teamers uh, that can come in and play right away in that direction too and you talked a little bit you know about Greg Gaines and Henderson kind of being two of the guys that you probably could see most of this coming year if you're if you're talking snap count and you know at the end of the year of this year after week 17 and you collect who's got the most snap counts uh, coming into the season, who do you think out of those rookie class? Do you, re- do you really think it's going to be as far as seeing the most time on the field?
1: I think it's Gray Gaines just because the opportunity is there. The, the Rams, they 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 don't have they they didn't resign in Dominican Sue, And so Greg Gaines is going to come in and, and play that prototypical three, four nose tackle right away. They, they don't have anybody else that can do it. And so I, I see Great Gaines being a major contributor on defense right away. I mean Henderson is going to split time with with Gurley. Obviously, I, I, as much as fans and media are, are making a big deal out of Gurley's knee, I, I don't see him losing um, um losing a lot of snaps. So he'll lose some, but it, it won't be significant. But so I, I, to answer your question, is I, I see Greg Gaines be contributing the most.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that, and I, I really almost want it to be Henderson just because of how explosive I can envision the offense being with him. Obviously. Uh, the rookies just got into camp the other day and seeing them run around and just seeing them get their jersey numbers is starting to make it even more and more real. Uh, getting them out with the with the guys and can't wait to see the full guy, you know, the full crew come out for camp and get together and start battling. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later as far as looking at, you know, looking ahead to the depth chart and how that's gonna shake out. But uh, we added a bunch of undrafted rookie free agents and I think it ended up like 18, 19 of them. Uh, out of that group is there anybody that jumps out at you to be like this guy's got a really good shot to make the team or you know this guy could fit in find a role on special teams and sneak into that roster on opening day any of those guys jumping out it to you
1: yeah so um right away i i really like keenan brown out of out of texas state i mean you you have guys like everett and hickby at the tight end position but really that's it and, and honestly everett hasn't He's had, his, he's had his moments. I mean, you look at the Kansas City game last year. It's his catch that really sealed the game um, and won the game for the Rams. He, he has moments, but he needs to be more consistent. And then Higby, he's a solid number two, but he's not a guy – he's not a difference maker. And Keenan Brown is he's, – he's a tweener. He's a wide receiver, tight end, versatile guy that can really play anywhere you, 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 want, anywhere you want him to, really. He's explosive after the catch. I, I think he'll make the roster as, as, a, as a depth, tight end guy. I like uh, Boogie Roberts on the defensive line. I think he's going to come in. And keep, I don't know if he'll contribute right, right away, but he's definitely he'll definitely come in and maybe come in on and be a rotational pass rusher um on the on the defensive line. Um Alex Backman out of out of Wake Forest, he's the, the Rams have kind of lacked that returner. They, they 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 have their they have their issues two years ago and they haven't really found their guy, I don't think. And and Backman is a guy that can come in and um you know, he can play special teams. He can be there return knife the if you need, if you need him to. And yeah, I, I, I do like what I do like what he brings. I, I work at Penn. So I'm maybe, maybe a little, little Ivy league bias, here, right. but Matt Cass, Matt Cass, at Dartmouth. I, I, I do like him. He's a three-time captain started every game at left, left tackle for Dartmouth. Um, and the, and their offense was phenomenal, um, in, in, at the FCS level. So those, those are some guys that I'm, I have my eye on, um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I, I loved Keenan Brown. He was one of my higher rated tight ends on my draft board and for the Rams to get him, get him as an undrafted free agent made me ecstatic.
0: Yeah. And you talk about that tight end group and, and even, you know, the return specialists and, and Jojo Natson filled into that role. And at times looked to really shine and seem to really take that and run. And, and then there were times where it just, it kind of brought us back to those struggle days of like, all right, maybe there's, we start looking somewhere else. So I mean, it's his job to lose, uh, and we'll see what camp you know shows and, and who else can come in and, and show out at, at camp. But um, interested to see how that kind of goes, and if JoJo gets that full time job, not only in punt return,
1: even outside of that, like you look at a guy like Mike Thomas that's on this roster, and he really he, uh, the the one thing Mike Thomas I think is most known for is dropping a short touchdown pass from Jared Goff in Seattle's right. rookie year. Um, so. Uh, he, he's had his opportunities. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for for these undrafted free agent wide receivers to come in and and, and take that spot from Mike
0: Thomas. Yeah, Mike Thomas yeah. has had his fair share of opportunities to make this team, and whether it's the suspension or just you know lack of performance or dropping balls, never seemed to really find a groove or find a comfortable fit here. Uh, they've always supported him too. They've always said they really like him and they're going to continue to give him opportunity. But th- you're right, this may be that last year. Of, that, of those opportunities for him and, and finding another guy to kind of replace there, especially when you, know, you talked about the core of it really being locked in at the wide receiver position. We're not really looking for guys to come in and step in at number two or number three. That's really kind of settled right now. And then with adding Henderson, obviously the playmakers um, are just kind of getting deeper in that position. The other thing I want to ask you uh, before we get out of here into the next segment is, do you see Tyler Higby on this team in, in a couple of years? or Do you think this is... The, nearing the end of Tyler Higby in a Ram's uniform
1: that that is very tough because I I, I love Tyler Higby um yeah no that, that that's that, that's very difficult I I, I want to say no I, I I don't know if they it, it depends on where they are on at the tight end, at the tight end position because really they, they, they're very thin there so if there's a need for him I could see I could see them resigning him but if they draft a guy or sign a guy in free agency or a guy like Keenan Brown steps up he's not going to ask for big money. He's, he's not going to get big money in free agency. So he, he'd be a low money signing. Um, but if you can get somebody like Keenan Brown to, to come in and take that number two role, I I, I, I don't know if Tyler could on this roster in three years.
0: Yeah. It's uh, something I, I'm going to be talking about a lot this season and throughout the season. Cause I think this is a big time year from obviously coming in uh, to that fifth year option. And, and, and like you said, he's going to probably not be a guy that breaks the bank. But again, when you're giving money out, Uh, Big-time money to Jared Goff. you got to be really smart about how you do all your contracts. So uh, with guys like Brown, and I think they had three total tight ends in the undrafted class, so uh, they're really looking at that position to kind of, you know, as an open door, as, you know, full competition. So it's a big year for him, and we'll have to keep an eye on what he does throughout the year to see if this is something that they're going to do long-term with him. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, and when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about some of the other roster spots, depth chart stuff, Uh, and kind of taking a look at how this Rams team's coming together for next season. So we'll be right back. Lockdown Rams Wednesday. Blaine and Bear coming up right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment. We have got Blaine from downtown Rams with us. First-time guest, I appreciate you coming on and joining, talking some football. I think I hit you up about 10 minutes before we started recording. It was like I just got back in the house. I was sitting in traffic in L.A., so we plugged in, and we are just kind of going with the flow here, talking a little uh, Rams football. Obviously, rookies coming into camp now. Things are getting closer and closer uh, to training camp into uh, getting ready to the season, so we're really excited as we see these guys getting in there, getting their horns for the first time. I saw you put up an article earlier this month, kind of projected depth chart and a little bit more into the roster. Did you have any surprises? Are there anything coming into camp where you think there's a couple positions up for a battle, or do you think at this point it's pretty much you know locked and loaded, or are there any really shockers you see that we could? Um, you know, see when training camp comes.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, with this team coming off of a Super Bowl win uh, or not Super Bowl win, Super Bowl
0: appearance, sorry. No, that would have been nice, right? Yeah,
1: it would have been really nice. It feels good
0: to say. It feels good to hear, but it's just not true.
1: But yeah, coming off of a Super Bowl, I I, I think a a lot of these positions are are pretty set. I mean, that doesn't mean they're all set, though. There's going to be camp battles for sure. I mean, every camp has camp battles. I, I, and I think it starts up front. I mean, you lose a guy like Roger Saffold, who has been a staple on the offensive line since he got and got in what was St. Louis, and then when they when the team moved to, move to L.A., he has been a staple and he has been a, a constant on the Rams' offensive line. And to see him go wasn't easy. But you have guys like Joe Noteboom, um, Austin Blythe, that can maybe step in there and 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 take that spot. And even these these undrafted guys like 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 Caskey out of Dartmouth. the, the – a position like like guard I think is kind of set. I th- I, think, I think you expect Noteboom to to slide in there, but I don't think it's a given either. I think if you get a guy that, that, that comes in and, and, and dominates up front and, and wins those battles in the trenches, they're gonna get that opportunity. Um, then I think you look at inside linebacker, you, you lose you lose Mark Barron. And right now, the expectation is Micah Kaiser, a guy who hasn't started a game in the NFL and right. had very, very minimal impact as a rookie. Um, I, 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 I he didn't play much on defense at all last year, if at all. Um, he mostly put on special teams, and, and and he's expected to come in and start from day one. Um, that, 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 that's I think those are I think unfair expectations, and it'll it'll be interesting if you know a a guy like. Um, a, a, a guy that like an undrafted free agent that, that they signed comes in and, and takes that and takes over that, that role.
0: Yeah. My um, question for you there is cause you talked about Micah Kaiser and I, I feel like throughout, you know, the next couple of weeks, we're going to have to go a little bit deeper into kind of, you know, looking at him as a starter. If it's not Kaiser, I mean, who fills in that role?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the question. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, um, I, I'm just looking, looking at their undrafted free agents again and, now Patrick out of Georgia. Um, he's not only, a, I think, a good player, but he, he also has a good story. Um, was suspended twice at Georgia with, with drug-related issues, but, 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 but he, he came back after rehab and he's been solid ever since. And, and I think that's a major reason why he went undrafted, obviously. Um, he's, he's a little undersized, but he brings that physicality that the Rams really don't have right now uh, at inside linebacker. Um, there, I, I think Troy Reeder out of Delaware, another, another guy. He, he's, he's smart. He's gonna bring uh like he's he's gonna bring those those intangibles into camp that um that, that, that that's at least nice to have in in camp and in the locker room. Um, those are just two guys that I, I that are popping out right away that I think could come in and and and, and compete for for that spot. But it, it's gonna be kind of a spot to lose. But yeah, you know, it, that's gonna be that's going to be a position definitely to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I know uh, one of the big takes that Jake has is you know sliding. Ibukum in from, from the outside linebacker and bringing him in. Because you look at, you know, for a, a team that said they don't have a lot of edge pressure and their outside linebacker is kind of an issue. You know, you got Fowler that re-signed. You got Clay Matthews with the signings. You got Oboe, who we haven't even seen yet, uh, that we've got some really excitement again. And then, obviously, Ibukum. So, I mean, that there is some depth there. Uh, we're not sure if the depth is awesome or if even the front end of that is awesome and we'll have to see how that kind of plays out but you know as that position kinds to stack up you know it might be something to look at for the rams to you know they talk about versatility in their o-line and how those guys are interchangeable and and they like guys that can play four positions on that o-line and you hope maybe that's something that they can transfer into that linebacking group is you know something that they can rotate those guys around and find a good fit for somebody because right it's a lot of pressure um, for Micah Kaiser to come in and go from a guy that barely got any playing time last year and, and did some special teams work to kind of like, hey, we're throwing you in there. But that also was the case for Corey Littleton kind of coming into the year. I mean, very kind of, you know, looking at his snap count from the year before and then coming into this year and, and how well he embraced that role and kind of took off running with that while still performing in special teams. So, I mean, it's not impossible at the end of the day, but at, at the same time, I guess – uh, there is some challenges there. Going back to that offense line, any of these rookies you think has a shot, like a, a small outside shot to crack the starting lineup? And if so, who do you think it'd be?
1: Um uh, I, I, I I I don't think I, I don't think so. I, I think I think the I think the Rams start starting offensive line is is pretty much that. I, I I don't see a guy like Noteboom losing out. I I, I see Blythe stepping in at center. I, so yeah, I, I don't see one of these guys coming in, one of these undrafted free agents or or um, the the guys that they drafted coming in and and winning w- w- winning those battles. I I, I see them b- being depth guys. The, the, so yeah, I, I I don't see the like I I do like I do like Casky, but I I don't see him coming in and starting right away. I I like Chandler Brewer, Brewer out of Middle Tennessee, you know, on on the inside, but I don't see him coming in and, and starting starting right away. So. The, the Rams that they 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 prepared they 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 had to have a feeling they were going to lose Saffold they they had to have at least sort of kind of expected Whitworth to retire at the end of last year and he didn't so right. that had to be a pleasant pleasant surprise that he came back so they 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 are prepared in the sense that they they have guys that can that can step in like like a guy like No Boom so. I don't. I don't see any of these rookies coming in and, and starting from day one. I, th- I think the guys that he drafted last year and brought in last year, those are going to be the guys that you are going to see stepping in.
0: Yeah, and and that sounds, you know, that makes more sense, you know, as far as how they've drafted and and hopefully you are know, looking at Whitworth. You know, I think where it's fair to say that he hasn't really written it in as his final season, but we're all under the expectation that this is the end of his contract. Maybe you know the Rams. Either get all the way, and if they win a Super Bowl, he can you know ride off with a perfect ending. Or they get close again, and he feels that this team is a couple plays away from making a run, and he wants to come back and signs a one-year deal. But they're really looking to add some depth there. So if he does move on, then they've got some guys they can throw in the mix, and also probably draft a couple more guys next year. So again, um, you know, having that opportunity, having multiple guys to find the right fit on the line. The last question I got before we get out of here, again, kind of a you know take your pick as far as how this goes. Obviously, a lot of talk about Todd Gurley and what's happening there, and drafting and trading up to go get a running back. Uh, do you see Henderson sliding in to that two spot, or is that you think that goes to Malcolm Brown still? To is it his job to lose, and do you think he will lose it? How do you see that playing out?
1: I think it's going to be very committee-like. I, I think I think you're going to see a, a dimension of the Rams' offense that you haven't seen before. I I, I think that number two spot is, is, is going to be shared between Brown Brown and Henderson, depending on what the Rams are, are want are wanting to run. Because clearly, the Rams wouldn't have brought Brown back if they didn't value him. When he went down last year with, with the collarbone, they struggled at the running back position. Um, Kelly obviously wasn't doing it for him. And and the same with Justin Davis. Um, And and then that's a big reason why they brought in CJ Anderson. Um, But they, they, they bring Brown back. He's, he's a, he's a really good backup running back. He's a great guy to have behind Todd Gurley, but you have this guy Henderson that can come in and literally do everything. So I, I, I don't think Brown snaps go away. I I I do think he he still comes in on third down or, or or comes in on first and second down to give Todd Gurley a breather. But I do think that you see you might you might see some two two back sets that you haven't seen with the Rams with Sean McFay yet. You might see Henderson line up line up out wide and have Gurley or Brown in the backfield. I I I, I the running back position is very intriguing because I really don't know what we're gonna get. We, we, right. we just we haven't seen we, we have we haven't seen what we haven't had two running backs like this in a, in a long time, and and giving Shaw, Sean McVay two running backs of this caliber and Henderson and Gurley could be scary. And um, so so yeah, I, I think it just depends on on, on the off, on the package that Sean McVay calls. If it's if it's if it's, a, if it's a passing passing play, you might see Henderson out there running a wheel route. Or um, you know, if it's more of a running situation, you're gonna see Brown in there. Or I mean, Todd Gurley obviously still brings that dual threat presence that scares defenses. So I, I think I think it's going to be – Todd Gurley is obviously, obviously the number one, but I think the number two is going to be very committee-like.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what Sean McVay can do with all these guys. You know, you talked about that committee style of running backs, and he's been this big-time, almost 90-plus percent, 11 personnel. But he's a student of the game. He likes picking from, you know, around what he sees in college and other NFL teams and is not afraid to implement something and – and start to create different you know, styles within that 11 personnel. But maybe we'll see a little bit more, a little bit outside of that this coming year with the personnel that he has. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does with these three running backs, as you mentioned, and, and how it goes. And so are, are you a fantasy football guy? I am. Okay, so we'll leave on this question. How far does Todd Gurley drop in the rankings? Where do you see him going? Uh, where do you think a safe projection for him coming off the board in a fantasy football world would be?
1: I mean, Tuggle is too talented to drop too far. I think, I I think if if he's there at the bottom of the first round, early second round, that would make somebody very happy. Yeah. Um. I th- I think that's I think that's his floor. I, I still think he's if if you, if you if you're not taking him in the top five, I don't know what you're doing. Um. But if he's there in the in the, in the bottom bottom first, early second, then i would be very 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 very
0: happy. yeah i feel like this I, I play fantasy football with a lot of guys out in the midwest and obviously watching the super bowl and and catching you know the the drift of all the issues with todd Gurley. i already have some people you know texting me and kind of saying man you know is gonna be dropping and now i'm thinking man i want that uh you know that end of the round where you snake back and you get two picks in a row whether that's you know uh, you know, pick number twelve and thirteen, or you know, ten and eleven, depending on what your leagues are. But I think I want to be on that end right now. Obviously, tons of talent in running back position near the top. But if he's going to fall, I would love to pick him up and another solid guy, and and you know, send it back up the draft. But I thought that was interesting, and we'll we'll have some of our uh, locked on fantasy football guys on, and we'll talk about that as as we get closer to that. But uh, fantasy football always in play. I always like to talk about it here on the show. But Blaine, thank you so much. Uh, for coming on make sure to go give him a follow on Twitter BX Grishak it's G-R-I-S-A-K 1993 you can follow him also at Downtown Rams DowntownRams.com always putting up awesome articles we appreciate it we look forward to having you back on the show again and uh, yeah thanks for coming on my man
1: no th- thanks for having me I appreciate it and I look forward to next time
0: awesome well Rams Nation you know what it is until next time peace keep my